Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today I get to catch up with Natalie Reimer Anderson. So five years ago, minus a day, Natalie was a co-chair to the Exchange District TEDx Talks. And that is when I did my TED Talk five years ago. And we probably have chatted once or twice since then. So it was really fun to catch up with Natalie. My TED Talk is called A Journey to a Woman's Identity. I hope that you'll check it out on YouTube. But Natalie and I had a great conversation about coaching, about self-love, and about boundaries. And she has a program called Boundaries Bootcamp. And I thought you should all know about it because when it comes to healing... You've heard me say, try everything and healing is a lifestyle. And I can help you if you want to show up confidently online and on stage to sell your service. But if boundaries is the piece of the puzzle that you're looking to resolve right now, then you should follow Natalie. So Natalie is a self-love and sovereign health coach known for her personal story of healing, her autoimmune condition through the power of self-love and radical self-responsibility. Her holistic approach to healing uncovers the root causes of dis-ease from the psycho-spiritual connection, emotional expression, programmed core beliefs, unconscious habitual behaviors, and default thought patterns that are subconsciously running our lives and causing our suffering. She gently and lovingly guides clients to take back their health, their voice, their creation, power of authentic choice, and full ownership of their lives from cell to soul through reclaiming self-worth with healthy boundaries, belief behaviors, and microbiome. And now here is my conversation with Natalie. Please enjoy. Thank you, Natalie, for joining me on the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I want to really highlight the work that you're doing. And I also want to just mention, so as we're recording it, it's October 17th today, and we met on October 18th. 2017. That's so, right. So I was looking at the date because yeah. <laughs> you were the co-chair for the TEDx Exchange TED Talks, or I'm not sure if I just butchered the name there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Which yeah. is where I did my TED Talk. So mm-hmm. pretty cool that it's like to the date. So how I, you know, that is so synchronistic. Yeah. Nice to come back into your zone. Wow. Yes, absolutely. So we've, Stayed in touch online. We had lunch once, I think a really long time ago, Mm -hmm. and just kind of watched each other from afar. And I've thought about you plenty of times when I'm recording this podcast, because the work that you're doing is incredible. And I just thought that it would be, I don't know, it's just the time. So how Mm -hmm. are things? What's going on? First of all, I, I love how this has come full circle. And I remember that day so well, watching you on stage. I can't believe it's that long ago already. Five years ago. Five years ago. And watching you tell your story and absolutely captivate and move an audience. So as I followed your career, watching you, you know, blossom, take that really that path and that launching pad, 
and blossom into what you're doing now. It makes so much sense, you know, giving people their, their voice basically, huh. which is very much the same kind of work that I do in a, in a slightly different way. Yeah. I think so too. And who knew? Yeah. Like I, I would not mm-hmm. have known because after mm-hmm. that or during that time, I had already started doing indigenous awareness training and I did it for mm-hmm. five years. I stopped in 2020 because it, I was just done. But you know what? That work, that talk, all of, mm-hmm. all of what that was brought me so much healing and I give so much credit to who I've become because of that time. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, that was like, that was a powerful stepping forward into your calling. And then, I mean, I know that it's for you taken on a life of its own and sort of grown organically and shifted into what you are doing today. But yeah, that was a, that was a special moment. I remember just witnessing it and going, okay, this is the start of something grand. So I'm really excited for you. So cool. I'm excited to have been part of that too, to have been able to be someone that provided a platform for so many great speakers. I, I think of Sean Loney too that day and, and some of the other ones, right? That really made an impact. Yeah. So. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening with work? What t- tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So, so I'm, I'm a self-love coach. I'm sort of shifting now and you know, as we do, right? We grow and are, are following sometimes comes with us and sometimes not. But as we evolve, we teach those things that, that we are now learning and growing through in our own lives. And so, um, I'm, I'm now calling myself a self sovereignty coach. I'm still doing the aspects of health coaching, uh, as a certified holistic nutritionist and personal trainer. I have that aspect to offer and that's always a foundational piece of what I do, but I've moved more into life coaching, mindset coaching, and also giving, especially women, their voice back. And the reason that that's so significant and important to me in my life is because I used to not have one. And I used to have an autoimmune condition that was affecting my voice. It was Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Perhaps you've heard of it. And I know it's becoming more and more popular now because people are being diagnosed with autoimmune conditions. Like I think it's like one in four people now. And my particular autoimmune condition affected my, my throat. And so, I mean, in my belief system, you know, the throat chakra. So there is a, a chakra that corresponds with every gland of the body and the throat chakra is where the thyroid sits. And so through my lifetime, I hadn't been really speaking my truth and using my voice and then owning that skill and owning the right to be heard here. And so um, it basically almost atrophied to the point where, you know, I believe autoimmunity is, a, is sort of a, it's a collection of symptoms where the body is attacking itself. And so metaphorically or psycho-spiritually, my body was attacking my own voice. Like I had no right to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so this, strangely enough affects many more women than it does men. So through my healing journey to try to reclaim my voice and my health, I just started to look at like, what are the beliefs that I carry about myself where I would think that I don't have the right to be heard, mm-hmm. you know, and excavating down into all those layers of early childhood programming around what that meant and who I thought I was and how I thought I had to show up in this life. And so as I did that, I started to get well. And I was like, I'm onto something here. And, you know, it, I, I call it my self-love journey because it was really 
learning to love myself so that I felt like I had a place and a right to speak no more, no less than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I really started to evolve into that, I got well. And I'm here today able to tell people that I have not just reversed my autoimmune condition, I've healed it. It's It, it no longer presents in any way. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I went from being nearly mute, and now, I mean, you can hardly shut me up. <laughs> and it just comes from that deep place of like, of course, I I listen to other people. Why wouldn't other people want to hear what I have to say? So it's evolved really quickly into, you know, after I got well, I'm like, I have to teach people this. I was working as a nutritionist at the time. And there's something beautiful about, you know, that connection to food, security, love, and where those deep levels begin in us. But one of the things that I was noticing when people came in is there's a deficit of Mm self-love in many people and how they interact with food and interact with their own bodies. So I started to add that component to it. And then the results that myself and my clients were getting were, were incredible, transformative. So I'm like, this is why I'm here. This, this right here to fuse all of those elements together and coach people through the same thing that I coached myself through that it's possible. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And I, mm-hmm. I love these stories because like, I, I don't think that we could ever hear enough of these stories because mm-hmm. as human beings, we need to be convinced over and over and over yeah. about possibility and opportunity. So mm-hmm. like, where did this start for you? Where did you come from? Like, what do you think happened to you? Why you felt like you didn't have a voice? Did you grow up feeling that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a great question. And I have a very, it's an interesting thing because I love my family very, very much. And I think that, you know, I always try to be very careful to not quote, throw them under the bus because, you know, they're, they're wonderful people, but there is something that happens when you grow up and I was raised in a very fundamentalist right-wing Christian home. And my parents were doing the best they could with the tools that they had been given. And they're incredibly loving people. But there's something within, you know, I think each one of us comes into this world. It doesn't matter what we're born into. And in my belief system now, I believe that we choose our family of origin, that our soul gets to decide which parents, which family are going to facilitate whatever that curriculum is that we have on planet earth this time around so if i chose my parents perhaps it was because i I mean i have these two incredibly extroverted parents and you know they believed what they believed and i think inherent in that is like each child comes in and we have to go through some kind of trauma or some kind of experience where we take things on that are then our soul curriculum or a contract here to overcome And so, you know, whether that was by design or whether it was by default, I am now, because I'm on the other side of it, I'm grateful for my upbringing and I'm grateful for those things that occurred that made me have to step into my true power and own my true power here. So I see my upbringing as a facilitation of the person that I have become. And I often quote that quote by Carl Jung. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Because inherent in that is this idea that things will happen to you. Every single child that is born will have some kind of lesson from childhood that they have to overcome. 
some much more difficult than others. That's clear. But each one of us has this path and this thing to, to overcome. And we are still always at choice as to whether we take that on or whether we stay in that, you know, victim consciousness or whether it's like, this is our chance to move through and use that to become our purpose here. Sort of that pain to purpose. So, you know, that's how my journey started. And I stopped asking questions a long time ago when I was little because I felt like to be curious was wrong. And when you're growing up in a religious setting, you know, I, I now know that being curious is essential because how do you know that you have any kind of faith or any kind of relationship with creator except to be asking and seeking? And I got the impression, and it was maybe even a mistaken impression by me, that I wasn't supposed to be asking questions because it showed a lack of faith. But I now see that to ask questions is actually a demonstration of faith. You want to understand, you want to understand it deeper. How does this all work? So, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I remember, I remember when I was younger, my late teens, early 20s, I thought, or I, this is the time where I started to question, I thought everything I was supposed to know in my life, someone would have told me. <laughs> I thought I would have been taught. And that's when I started to realize what I was missing when it comes to faith. I didn't know what the heck faith was for the longest time. Mm. And I had to go through some pretty harsh lessons. And I think that it's pretty kind of you to to say to your childhood, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I, <laughs> in my life, I've had a rough, rough childhood and there are still stories that I haven't even said out loud. But, yeah. but I think that like very much what you said that we're going to have lessons in life that are going to teach us things that we need to learn, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, whether we feel good about it or not. And like that took me so many years also to really understand because as much as I look back and I can talk about horrible things that I've experienced, I wouldn't have the strength, the faith, the love, the compassion. I wouldn't have all of those things if I didn't have those lessons. So I told mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah, there's a beautiful Khalil Gibran quote that goes something like, these moments are what carves out the space in us, right? This trauma drama carves out the space for more love to fill. It like creates a deeper container, a deeper capacity for that. And so as coaches, you know, with what you've been through in your life, it does, it, it's like, it allows you to hold a greater capacity and space for those that are going through the same thing. And I think that's actually, you know, it's like the Buddhists call it a bodhisattva, right? Somebody that comes in and chooses to take on a lot in this life so that they can, can show themselves that they can transmute even that. And I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with incredible levels of trauma. Mm-hmm. But if we look at it at a soul level, it's not about condoning what happened to you. It's about not allowing yourself to stay in that state and to move through it, rise above it, and then use all of that to access those higher levels of power that you actually do possess and then be that for other people. And that's how we collectively heal. That is so cool. I love the way that you said that. And I, I have felt that since I was young. There were so many times where I was going through something and I'd have this voice in my head say, remember this. Remember mm. how it 
feels. Remember what you're thinking. And at the time, like, I was just like, that's weird, but okay. You know, and you just kind of collect these lessons. And today, I know I'm a really good coach. And I look back at all the trauma, and it's like, that's why I'm a really good coach. Crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on your Instagram page, you have a boundaries assessment and I didn't get a chance to take it, but I'm going to take it before we do our Instagram live together after this podcast recording. But tell me about your boundaries boot camp. What is it and why are you doing it? All right. Well, thanks for asking. I think, you know, as a self-love coach, one of the things that I, I think one of the misnomers of being a self-love coach or, or this whole movement of learning to love ourselves, a lot of people, you know, it, they trivialize it and make it about self-care which is not trivial at all but like bubble baths and and affirmations all all those things are wonderful but in my work now i've been doing this for almost two decades you can imagine and back when i came on the scene as a self-love coach i at least locally i know was the only person that was doing that so there was a risk in that sense of of like i know that this is what people need they need to learn to love themselves but it sounds so hokey but the truth about self-love is it's actually scientific. It's quantum. When you feel better about yourself, you vibrate differently. And then when you're vibrating differently at a higher vibration, you can let go of a lot of those things that were miring you down in the density, right? So bottom line is self-love is not about letting yourself off the hook. It's not about big upping yourself. It's about taking radical responsibility for who you are and how you're showing up. And so I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, so what is that? That is all about boundaries. You know, how do, where do, where do you end and I begin? Where am I not being honest and transparent about who I am and what my preferences are? Because I don't feel like I have the right to have those preferences and desires. Where am I not using my voice? Right? So that all comes down to boundaries. Our ability to say, I am worthy of being known for who and loved for who I truly am. And that requires a deep level of self-love that's rooted in self-worth. So it's all really interconnected. And when it came down to it, I, I know, especially after the last couple of years is, you know, people have had to make a lot of decisions in their lives. And I think a lot of people, you know, when, when we are rooted in deep self-worth and our ability to anchor in what is it that is our authentic and true desire. We operate from a different place. We sometimes make different decisions, right? Sometimes we make the same decision, but boundaries are our ticket to freedom because I think everybody here wants to actually be known and seen and loved for who they truly are. And you can't do that if you're boundaryless, if you're just saying yes to everything. Because you're not really identifying yourself in your own authenticity. So, yeah, I, I call it, you know, boundaries are about reclaiming your sacred no so that you can live your yes. And without saying no to the things that don't serve you, you will continue to be pulled into things that are not serving you and then not be able to live what your actual purpose is here. So boundaries are the the foundational piece that's missing especially in a lot of people a lot of women's lives who are you know consummate people pleasers or or very highly empathic sensitive individuals that will continue to want to please other people and deny their own needs and their own 
desires. So boundaries are where it's at. Wow, I love that. So for empaths and people pleasers, <laughs> and I think mm. a lot of us can relate to that stuff. And what yeah. comes to mind for me is just like all of the shit we tolerate, right? As, yeah. as women, as moms, as like women in society who are expected to just do, 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 and, mm-hmm. you know, just be pretty and do your job sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's incredible that you're, you know, bringing that conversation to people. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so needed in this time. You know, there are so many people. I mean, the reason that I became so ill in the first place was because I had been living my life on someone else's terms. And I know there's a lot of people out there right now listening to this who are still living their life on someone else's terms. And it had to take me to nearly die living my life on someone else's terms before I woke up to the realization that I have to live the life that I choose. And what even is that? Because we get so separated and divorced from that if we keep denying that voice over and over again. Mm -hmm. So boundaries are how we bring that back. I work a lot with people on what is my authentic choice? Just just like existing in that question, going through your day, asking that question wherever you come up against the need to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Is this my authentic choice? And at least, I mean, you can still do the same thing, even if it's not your authentic choice. But at least when you're asking that question, you're getting back into the frame of mind, like I have a choice here mm-hmm. and it's mine to make. And then you can see all the reasons for making the choices that you make rush in and you still have to decide. But as you begin to ask that question, you start to shift from just this default setting of people pleasing and, you know, doing what you think you should be doing, the supposed does, to moving into, wait, this is causing me to feel resentment towards somebody. This is causing me to like go through my day really frustrated and upset. And then if we don't speak that boundary or make that choice according to what we truly desire, the resentment that we're feeling is actually on us. Right? Because how is that person supposed to know that they're stepping on your boundaries when you haven't expressed them or don't even, haven't even like understood them inside yourself first? Yeah. I feel like for myself, the expression of the boundaries is something that I continue to work on. Like Mm. years ago, I could never even, I wouldn't even understand boundaries. I'm thinking about some dear friends who, you know, they're doing things in their lives just because they feel like they have to, right? They're in Mm -hmm. jobs that they don't like, or they're in relationships that they don't like, or they're just living a life where they're just unhappy and they don't understand how someone can be happy. And I feel like the conversation around boundaries is something that they need need to hear. (laughs) Like people in general. Mm -hmm need to hear and have that conversation. So does your program take people through expressing boundaries as well? And like, what, yeah. tell us a little bit about the program. Yeah, so it absolutely does. It does go through different scripts and different scenarios because, well, there's the need for express boundaries. And most of the time it's about like finding the right words because we want to create win-win situations, right? Typically with the people in our lives and and often the boundary violators are those that are closest to us in our life. So we, we don't want to just storm in and have like, this is my boundary and everybody respect it. There is a slow process of introducing and integrating new boundaries into your life. We don't have to jar people, right? 
And if we have allowed something to get to the point where now we're in conflict with someone internally and we haven't expressed that externally, so they don't even know that we're having a fight with them because we haven't expressed our boundary, we're just secretly holding that resentment. There's ways too of gently beginning to express our boundaries so that we can start being more honest and open with the people that we love in our life who may not even know how much their interaction of stepping on our boundaries is affecting us, mm-hmm. right? So there's, you know, there's some people, they're the boundary blind. They don't even know what they don't know. And it goes all the way to the boundary bullies, those people that are very consciously and very deliberately stepping on our boundaries. And so there's a different kind of script for those people, depending, of course, on what kind of relationship you want to continue to have with them. Sometimes, you know, they're somebody that's a boss or a coworker, which makes it much more complex. So we look at those things because it's not, not all boundaries or relationships are created equal. So yeah, there's a, there's definitely a a sensitivity to that, but I want to, you know, in my course, the the other thing that I teach that I, I don't know if anybody else is teaching this is there are two types of boundaries. There's the express boundary that we're talking about, where you actually have to go communicate to someone that you would like things to look differently, which is essentially saying, I need you, fill in the blank person, to act or speak a different way to me so that I can feel or operate this way, okay? So that is requesting of someone else to do something so that you can feel or act in the intended way that you wish to. So it's externalizing, right? It's still outsourcing and saying, you have responsibility here to help me feel a way. Now, when we're in relationship with people, that's obviously has to happen because that's what interrelating is, right? It's a reciprocity. But then there's also, this is equally important, is that internal boundary where you're saying, ultimately, it is I who decide for me how other people's actions and words will make me feel. So that's the personal choice of that internal force field of I decide for me how you make me feel. My feelings are my responsibility. And that's a really, really tough one. And that's, again, what I was saying at the top of the call about like the root of of self-love is to love yourself enough and to know enough who you are that other people's words and actions bounce off of you. They don't cut to the core of you. And that's that that internal boundary that is self-responsibility. This is, we're all a work in progress with that. I do not claim to have that all figured out either. It's very hard work, but that is the work, is can you be completely self-sovereign in even your feelings when other people say things or do things that are not necessarily kind and to not walk through the world having that expectation that everything's just going to be easy and people are going to never offend you. So it's like that inner imperturbability that we can all grow and become stronger at. And that's power. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. So how Mm -hmm. often does your program happen? How does it work? So it's a four-week program. It's pretty intense. That's why it's a boot camp. I drop the module the Friday. So then everyone has a week until the following Thursday to review the material and start practicing the exercises. And then on the following Thursday, we meet as a group and we talk about the material and we troubleshoot some of the boundaries that we're personally experiencing. We get to know each other a bit better. And like in that container of group work, 
we find that, oh, we're all kind of like struggling with the same types of things. It's because it's very human, right? To put yourself out there and risk sharing who you are. But it's so, so beneficial because people start to get more at ease with themselves. And then, you know, magic happens in that space. So then the next day was a Friday again. So the second module gets released and it kind of just repeats that same process until the four weeks are, are over. And how often are you doing it? Well, I run the course so far. I think this is my fifth year running it and I run it usually in fall. So I do it only once a year, but after this next time, it'll become an evergreen. So it'll be uh, up on my website at some point in the future for people just to purchase and self-study. Unfortunately, I don't make the um, 90 minute meetings, like the group meetings. I don't make those available because there's obviously sensitive material in there. So that's the one thing that would be lacking where in a group context, we actually get to for 90 minutes, share and talk and there's coaching involved. Yeah, when when it becomes a package, it'll just be a self-study with the option to also work your way through it and work with me through one-on-one coaching at that point. Lovely. That's Mm. incredible. And Mm. so what is the best place that people can go to learn about your story? Well, actually, on my website, I have a video. I did a Mo Mondays, not a TED Talk, but I did a Mo Mondays talk. And so the Coles Notes, it's about a, a... 12, 13 minute video of my story and how I came to be a self-love coach. So you can watch it there. And um, there's lots of information there. But yeah, I mean, I've done lots of podcasts and and definitely love sharing about it because it is, you know, is something that I believe is available to everyone. And part of my purpose here is to have gone through what I've gone through and overcome that. So I can look back and reach out a hand to somebody who wants to make that cross and make that passage also. And it's, it's the most rewarding work ever. So I love it. Awesome. So natalierimeranderson.com and at Blonde Sovereign on Instagram. Anywhere else that you like people to connect with you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook also. Natalie Reimer Anderson, the self-love coach. So you can find me there. Yeah. And, then, and those are pretty much the three ways of getting in contact with me. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing and best of luck with the future of everything that you do with the Boundaries Business. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Miigwech, ekwase, merci. I want to take every opportunity that I can to tell you that you are worthy. And if something in this message resonated with you, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And send a link to your sister, your best friends, and your cousins, because if there was something in this message that resonated, then they might want to hear about it too. If maybe taking a screenshot is your thing, share it on your Instagram story. And don't forget to take me at jesskadumas.ca.